Yeah, I mean, you want to... That's a good thought, man. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed it. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at Mach1FG.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. We're on episode number 80. David, Matt, can y'all believe we've already done 80 episodes? 80. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's close to my age. Uh, not quite. All right. So welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode 80. And today, we're right here at the end of the year. So now everybody's talking about, you know, what's Christmas. But then what's beyond Christmas? What's beyond New Year's? What's happening in 2022? Well, a statistic came out from Statista that 44% of Americans said their 2021 resolution was to save more money. I wonder how they did. And it's probably going to be their resolution for 2022. What do you think, Matt? Well, they may have done pretty – everybody got a little extra cash in 2021 with stimulus money going out. So, I don't know. Some people probably hit some financial goals, yeah. you know. I know there were, there were the two extremes of the financial side of things, if you were impacted from COVID-related issues or if you weren't. And if you weren't, then I think a lot of people did pretty well. Matt, we sure hope people have – save some money this past year. And if they haven't, then now's a good time to be thinking about that. You know, we got a lot of uncertainty going on this past year. And now if we want to get ready for next year, we need to get our financial health in order. Hey, here's a soundbite, a little snippet about what's ahead in 2022. And the combination of strong demand and low inventory has pushed home prices up about 20%. But there are signs that the housing market is starting to cool off and lose some steam. I think next year you'll have 3% headline inflation out of the U.S. That's unbelievable, Steve. I mean, so what does that mean? What happened? If you're right, what happens? What happens to bond yields? What happens to equities? What happens to gold and cryptos? Katie, with just about every CEO I talked yeah. to, the supply chain discussion came right up with cost increases yeah. and inflation. It raises yeah. the question, okay, is this last well into 2022, mm -hmm. which it seems clearly it will. Some people say even to the late 2022. Mm -hmm. We are in the camp that these supply chain issues last throughout 2022. There's not, there's not an easy fix for them. Okay, so having heard all that, it would make sense for each of us, every single person listening to this, to have a financial plan. Well, what's some of the things to, to start off with to have a financial plan? David, we, we preach it here every day that people come in. We're here to develop a plan, and then we can talk about investing. So what are some components of a financial plan? Well, the very, plan? the very baseline, you know, the very start of a financial plan has to start with budgeting. So you got to make sure you know how much is coming in, and you got to plan for – 
how you're going to spend or save every single dollar. Well, you that. just cussed, and the FCC is going to get after us because people don't like to hear that word budget. <laughs> yeah, the government certainly doesn't isn't able to do it. <laughs> and unfortunately, the truth is, the sad fact is, um, a lot of Americans aren't real good at it either because it takes discipline. It's not something if you, you know, utter the word budget, especially, you know, we see a lot of people coming in for different financial plans and Budgeting is just not something that excites hardly, uh, you know, a very, very small percentage of the people get excited about, uh, you know, the idea of having a budget, but you can't really control your money until you have a budget. You either, your money's either going to control you or you're going to control it. And if you want to control it, you got to have a budget. And if anybody's ever heard of Dave Ramsey, you know, they, he's a, he's really preaches this budget thing. And we are affiliated with Dave Ramsey through the Smart Vester Pro program. And when people have been through Financial Peace University, they know exactly what a budget is. And truly, if you do a budget and you do it well, it's actually freeing. It's not a straitjacket. It can actually free you up to spend money without guilt. Right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. If you start with automating your savings and um, putting money where it needs to go and you automate that stuff, then but the whole budgeting process can be pretty simple. That's right. You know, so it's it doesn't have to be complicated or hard. It can be a little intimidating if you've never done it before, but um, it it is very freeing, like you said, Mike. And a budget's nothing more than you telling your money where to go versus wondering where it went. That's all it is. Very simple. And it, it's easy to say. It may be hard to implement. And really easy way to do it: take your last three months of expenditures, figure out what the average is, and that's your average budget. Do it by line item, and now you know what you're spending. You may be shocked at what you're spending. Yeah, just like just like anything else, whether you're talking about getting in control of your your finances or getting in control of your weight or getting in control of an exercise program or whatever, the hardest the hardest step is usually getting just simply getting started. If you take that first step and then commit to it, you know, set goals, set realistic, achievable goals and timelines for each one, you can get there from here. And we can help you if you if you have already done that. I, on that note, I used to have a guy that told me uh, in terms of getting in a workout routine, one of the best places to start was just wake up, lace up your shoes, and walk out the front door. Yeah. He said, if you can get to where you're doing that every morning, you'll eventually go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just taking that initial step. Right? Yeah. So having a budget is a key component of a financial plan because you really don't know where you're going until you know what you're spending. And so a key component of a budget now would be or a financial plan would be an emergency fund and we saw the savings rate during covid i mean it just skyrocketed i've got a chart that shows it went from like five or six percent to like 30 percent because everybody freaked out i'm gonna lose my job what am i gonna happen i don't have any money i better start putting some away well and and, and nobody had any place to go spend that yeah money. you couldn't spend it <laughs> that's right you couldn't go do anything so emergency fund matt kind of explain that for it yeah emergency fund is just I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a source of funds that you've built up or that you have somewhere that's strictly for an emergency. I kind of tell people to, you know, clients of mine to have it accessible, but forget it's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something that you want to know or think is something that can be used on a regular basis, but you also want to make sure it's accessible. We typically say, I think three to six months is kind of the average Everybody's a little bit different. Some people may want more than six months, depending on the situation, if you're retiring soon or whatever. But minimum three months, up to six months is kind of the sweet spot where we think might make sense for most Three people. to six months of what? Living expenses. So whatever. But but to know that, you got to know what your budget is, right? Oh, so you got to right. have a budget 
figure out what it takes to live. And so if you make 12000 a month, but it only takes you 6000 a month to pay the bills and make ends meet, then that would be three to six months worth of 6000 not what your take-home pay or what your income is. Of your expenses, right. David, do you have some information on emergency well, funds? Well, just to kind of piggyback on some of that, if you if you take that first step of budgeting and then eventually that'll lead you to develop that emergency fund where you've got those three to six months worth of living expenses that Matt talked about, that's that will give you a great deal of peace of mind. I mean, you, you can just imagine if you're out there listening and you don't have that. Most Let's put it this way. Most Americans live with angst because they're living paycheck to paycheck. If you've got that three to six months worth of living expenses put away in that emergency account, it just it just gives you a lot more financial peace. Um, it gives you fact, cushion between you and life. When something happens, right. you don't have to freak out because you know you've got a cushion there. That's right. And, you know, what we all went through last year with COVID kind of highlighted the need for that. In fact, uh, we've got a, a survey here uh, done this is a website called personal capital. According to this website, 51% of Americans say that an emergency fund is now a higher financial priority for them than it was prior to COVID. So COVID, you know, it did have some, uh, it did have some uh, positive aspects to it. One was traffic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another, Amen. another was, uh, you know, just teaching Americans some valid um, financial lessons about why it's important to have an emergency fund and a plan and a budget and all these other things. Okay, so now we talked about budget. We know that's important because you don't know where you're going if you don't have a budget. Now we want to have an emergency fund because things happen, right? Stuff happens. People break legs, can't go to work, car accident. You, you need that cushion. Next thing people should be thinking about in 2022 is what's their debt payoff goal? Getting rid of debt. So, David, what do you? Ha- what thoughts do you have about debt payoff should people be paying off their debt should there be a plan what do you think yeah you know depending on the advisor and the or the individual you talk to different people will have different thoughts on this um you know some people will make the argument that because money is so cheap right now interest rates are so low that you should you know keep that leverage and not pay off debt and invest the difference the uh our philosophy here at Mach one we're always uh going to be uh, advising clients toward the more conservative route, which is absolutely we believe in paying off debt as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, because the less debt you have, the less debt service payments you have, maybe is a better way of saying it, the less um, cash flow or assets it takes to retire on. So the less debt you have, the sooner most people can retire. And to tag on to your point, Bear, that, that you could probably make more money in the market than the interest rates are, the one thing people fail to consider is the risk. Yes. What if you lose your job Yeah. and you still have payments? Well, it doesn't matter what the rate is then because mm-hmm. now you're, you're hosed unless you have a good emergency fund. And then if you pay off your debt, guess what? That three to six months emergency fund yeah. goes way down because yeah. you don't have any debt in your monthly budget. So, we, like Dave just said, we are huge fans of getting out of debt. And that's actually part of Dave Ramsey's program. That's baby step number two, pay off debt. Okay, so we talk about budget. We talked about emergency fund. We talked about paying off debt. So now that we've done all that, now we need to really be thinking about investing for our retirement days. Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going, going back to figuring out, you know, what – what your goals are. This kind of goes back to the original point of the financial plan, writing down your goals. And if you've taken care of these first few steps, created a budget, have an emergency fund, 
paying down debt. You've gotten debt paid off. Now it's, well, how, what are our long-term financial goals and how aggressive do we need to get, you know, setting aside money and investing to get there and um, making sure you know where you should be putting that money. Should it be going to a Roth IRA, 401k at work, a brokerage account, you know, buying real estate. I mean, you know, those are the kinds of questions that you're now starting to ask once you've taken care of these three or four steps that we just mentioned. And we would recommend folks to start off their investing with their company sponsored 401k. Why would you want to do that, Dave? Yeah, because most 401k plans uh, have some sort of a match program associated with them. So um, a common match, for example, is 6%. So if you work for an employer that has a 6% match on their 401k, if you're not putting in at least that 6% to get that match, you're literally leaving free money on the table. So we obviously would highly advise people to uh, when they begin investing for retirement, make sure that you're taking advantage of any employer match that you have available to you. Then after you've, after you've maxed out your match, if you still have available uh, free cash flow, depending on your income and some other uh, eligibility requirements, you might want to consider contributing to a Roth IRA. And then once you've maxed that out, then you might want to consider uh, contributing to some non-qualified assets, just to, like a brokerage account, or in certain uh, cases, maybe even uh, a cash value life insurance policy. And you get all that information by developing a plan. As a rule of thumb, a good goal to initially start with is to try to set back at least 10% of your income. As far as what percentage of my income should I be saving, a good initial goal would be 10%. Dave Ramsey would also add to that, yes, initial goal would be 10, but you need to get to about 15% of your savings, not counting the company match, because during COVID, there are several companies that eliminated their match for a period of time. So you don't want to depend on them. 15% of your take-home pay into sometime retirement accounts would be absolutely wonderful, and you'll end up having a good retirement if you do that. So what if people already have a 401k? What should they do with it? Yeah, so if, you, if you're already contributing you have money in a 401k, the first part of the year is a good time to look at rebalancing, just making sure you're still invested appropriately. You know, a lot of 401k plans now have kind of the default option of a target date fund. So looking at, you know, are you in the right target date fund? Is the target date fund the right option for you? Or could you better allocate with some of the other options? And just taking a look at that because you don't, you don't want to look up in 15 years, not having looked at your 401k once and thinking, oh, shoot, if I had just rebalanced once a year, you know, I could have done a lot better. Um, so to, if, if you're not regularly looking at that, use this kind of first part of the year, end of the year as an opportunity to rebalance. And um, also kind of along those same notes of rebalancing, a lot of 401k plans allow you to hold your employer stock within your company plan. And every town then we'll see people who have far too much of their 401k money allocated to one single individual stock, which is their employer. So if you think about that, you've got, you've got way too much exposure there. If your job depends on your employer and most of your retirement assets are also saved in your employer's stock, you've got a whole lot of lack of diversification. Can you say uh, Enron? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so as a rule of thumb, we don't, we would recommend if you're an aggressive investor, no more than 20% of your portfolio should be tied up in a single stock, no matter how strong you think your employer is or how strong you think that stock is. And for our clients, we offer the ability, if they bring in what their, their options in their 401k, we'll be glad to provide a recommendation on what we would suggest that they invest in. And then you mentioned earlier something about a Roth. 
why would anybody want to do a Roth when they got a 401k? What about a Roth 401k? Why would that make sense? Yeah. So uh, real quickly, uh, with a Roth IRA, you put post-tax money into it, so you're not getting a tax deduction on the way in, but all that money grows tax-deferred while it's inside that Roth, and down the road you can pull that money out tax-free, free of federal tax, state tax, capital gain taxes, completely tax-free. So the reason why you want to, if you if you have that option available to you, the reason why you want to use the Roth is because it allow it will allow you to be more in control of your tax return when you eventually retire. Because down the road, when you retire, if you've got all your assets in a 401k or an IRA, for example, uh, every dollar you take out to fund your lifestyle is going to be taxable at whatever that future tax rate is. So if you only had a portion of your assets there and you could just pull a portion of your retirement income needs from that, just enough to say, keep you out of the next higher tax bracket and you withdraw the rest of what you need from tax efficient sources, whether that be like a universal life policy or a Roth IRA or a, even a non-qualified account, you're more in control of your tax return post-retirement. A lot of planning for 2022. So a couple more things for today's episode. If you already have a 401k and you've changed employers recently, Matt, what do you recommend people do with a what we call a left behind or an orphan 401k? Yeah, most situations, not not all. There are a few rare, kind of uncommon situations, but most situations it's going to make sense to move that money into an IRA just because of the flexibility that that provides and um, have a lot more options with that. So yeah, see it all the time where people have you know had six or seven jobs over the years and they've got 401k plans all over the place. They know nothing about, have no idea how they're invested, and it's just a lot easier if you roll those over and kind of consolidate those over time and uh, keep it all in one place. And as we end up our episode today, we talked about getting a budget done, get a plan done, have an emergency fund, uh, investing for your future, paying off debt. And last but not least for today is if you have investments anywhere, a checking account, bank account, 401k, you must have beneficiaries listed on there. And most people don't know, and a lot of our clients are surprised to find out that if they have their will or trust set up one way and their beneficiaries are a different way, that the beneficiaries take precedence over the will or trust. So make sure you have beneficiaries listed, and we always recommend having more than one just in case you and the primary beneficiary happen to be in a car accident together. All right, folks, we always like to end each of these episodes with a thought of the day. And today... The best way to predict the future is to create it. The best way to predict your future is to create it. We thank you for joining us again here on the Mach 1 Market Moment. We look forward to you joining us next week on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Eric, I invite her to be here for no, Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Erica. Hey, that's right. She's a, a college student at Washtenaw Baptist, so, and she will, Lord willing, be joining us in May or June. She's yeah, I know. So in May or June, she'll be, Lord willing, joining the Mach 1 team here to help uh, catfish. <laughs> <laughs> You want it kind of tilted back like that, huh? Yeah, you want to talk through the front. Through the front? That's the clearest. Okay.